Welcome to The Baseball Show, Chicago's only interactive nightly show focused on the Cubs, the White Sox, and Major League Baseball. On radio, on app, on podcast. Listen to the show your way on ESPN 1000 with a new ESPN Chicago app. The The Baseball Baseball Show Show with Jonathan Hood. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. What's up and welcome in. This is the Baseball Show presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. I'm Jonathan Hood. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. It's at ESPN MLB Show. So the news off the top is that the Cubs and Reds, they are uh, in the delay right now. We knew there was going to be some rain in Cincinnati, so there's some rain there. It might be pushed back by an hour. We'll keep our eyes on it. And we know that the White Sox in their game uh, has been postponed. So it'll be uh, the Sox not playing against the Indians, the Sox coming off of losing two out of three uh, over the weekend against uh, Minnesota. It, they are been postponed in that game, and we're waiting on the Cubs and Reds to find out news about that game. Before we talk about baseball and COVID-19, you know that the intersection of COVID-19 and baseball is still here, despite how terrific it has been since Thursday to have baseball back. Let's uh, let's take a look at the Cubs and the White Sox over the weekend with my first pitch. So my first pitch is my observations over the first three games for the White Sox. The Sox were losers in two out of three, and there is a reason why the Twins hit over 300 home runs last year. What a potent lineup that they have, and they added to that lineup uh, in the offseason to try to have even more offense. The Twins are a scoring machine, and if they get a full complement of games this season, they could do some very serious damage. Giolito, Lucas Giolito, the starter for the White Sox for opening night at guaranteed rate. Lucas Giolito with the Freddy Garcia sweat going in the opener. He did not look great. After giving up a few runs, you start seeing the sweat really pouring from him, and it reminded me of Freddie Garcia and some of his bad outings from time to time with the White Sox. He did not look great, and, and he looked like the Lucas from a couple of years ago versus last year. He kept the ball up in the zone, and he got hammered against, again, a very good Twins lineup. Lurie Garcia, he makes people want Madrigal at second base immediately. If you watch that game on Friday, you just cannot take the mistakes from you could take the mistakes from a rookie like Madrigal. If he was there on Friday making some mistakes, okay, you say, okay, some jitters, butterflies, he's a kid out there. But Lurie Garcia over there, you, you, can, you cannot make those mistakes the way he did on Friday. That was a joke over there at second base on Friday. And uh, he made up for it on Saturday making a, a few better plays. But the point is, is that when you see your pitcher struggling, and you know that it's a 60-game season. This is what baseball has given these players. Every game is magnified. If this is a random June game, of I'm not talking about this as much, but because it's 60 games, everything is magnified. Everything has to work on the positive. You accentuate the positives and you hide the negatives as much as possible in a 60-game season. So Garcia looked like a joke over there at second base on Friday. Uh, how about Lopez? How about Raylo, the starter for the White Sox on Sunday? Zero confidence on the mound Sunday. He got hammered. 
he really got hammered hard. Even after having the conversation with Dr. Don Cooper, the pitching coach with the loose-fitting mask, Don Cooper went out to talk to Lopez, and, and it just it just wasn't in the cards to the point now that Lopez is on the 10-day injured list. He's got to grow up quickly or let Rodon get in there and take his starts because I saw Lopez winting in pain as he left the mound on Sunday, and I thought there's something going on here because he kept the ball up. He didn't seem like he had a lot of movement on his pitches. Uh, the only movement I saw was over the fence or into the outfield. So uh, Lopez looked like last year. Last year, you can understand, on a bad team, you're trying some things, and you're trying to be able to be a viable starter for the White Sox when the team gets good. And Lopez didn't show a lot on Sunday. Gio Gonzalez was the relief pitcher after Lopez had to leave on Sunday for the Sox. It's interesting to watch Gio Gonzalez actually work for the Sox for the first time. I mean, he's been with the ball club three times, but never actually uh, worked. This is his third time around, and he got shelled. He's not a reliever. He's a fifth starter on a good team. And Eloy Jimenez, who had to leave the game, he was in there for a little bit after crashing against the wall at guaranteed rate. It seemed like he was right at the edge of the fence as the uh, right where the door was supposed to open there for the bullpen. He crashed his head into it trying to make a play. And I'm thinking Jimmy Pearsall. Jimmy Pearsall used to say, hey, kid, ball, wall, ball, the ball, wall, ball drill, which is see the ball, feel for the wall, and then look for the ball, the ball again. That wasn't the case for Jimenez out there as uh, he was in the game for a little bit, then had to leave the game. I guess it was some dizziness that he was going through as he tried to stay in there after having a hard time in the outfield. That ball was already gone, and he was crashed into the fence, so that wasn't great for him. Uh, Dallas Keuchel, he was throwing – Pretty much nothing but uh, hard, straight fastballs, you would think, on the surface watching on TV. Keuchel actually had 26 fastballs and 73 pitches. <laughs> it was just different speeds. He mixed it up really nicely. And, and so this is what I've been talking about for a long time with the White Sox, trying to find that one pitcher, that veteran pitcher, that can stabilize a starting rotation. The same way as Lester did for Boston coming over to the Cubs, maybe, just maybe, Keiko could be that guy for the White Sox. Um, Sterling debuts in Cleveland for uh, Rodon and Dylan Cease could maybe help the narrative when it comes to the Sox in their starting rotation. Yeah, Giolito didn't look good. Uh, Lopez didn't look good. But maybe those kids, Rodon and Cease, maybe can switch some things for the White Sox as far as their starting rotation. They do have a number of stars they can go to. And it's about next man up. And with Lopez on the 10-day, maybe Cease can be that guy for the White Sox. So we talk about this with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app, the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. How about the Cubs? Hendricks on Friday on the Marquee Network did something that we never see anymore. That's a complete game win. Masterful against the Brewers in game one. Hendricks is a guy that maybe is not going to be a number one on a good team, clearly not a, a number one on a good team, but someone in your rotation that can give you a little something different than what everyone else will bring. Fastball first, maybe a good off-speed pitch, and Hendricks, for, for him, it's not about the fastball. It's about off-speed pitches and placement. And every time I see him out there, I see a guy that is not throwing, but just trying to place his pitches properly. And he kept the Brewers at bay offensively in that game, a complete game, his first outing of the season. That was a great 
job by Hendricks. Cubs need more of that just to have someone that they can rely on. And Hendricks may not give you nine every game, but he can give you at least a quality start and keep the ball down and keep the ball in the ballpark. That's a positive for the Cubs. They needed that to start off the season. Uh, Darvish comes in, and we saw Darvish in the practice game against the White Sox in which he uh, tapped out and cannot finish one of the innings where he gave up five runs and uh, both managers, Ross and Renneri, was like, okay, let's, let's just move along here. Let's let him come back up in the second. Darvish did not walk a batter and struck out five, but he gave up three runs on six hits in four innings. It's an 8-3 loss to the Brewers on Saturday afternoon, and Darvish needed 73 pitches to get through only four innings. And once again, I'm going to end up being right about Darvish. I'm not sitting here to try to be right, but I'm saying that I was never a Darvish fan to start with because you're just not getting consistency from a veteran starter. You you can't win every game. I, I totally understand that. But Darvish is always in his own head when he's on the mound. Sometimes he's giving you a really quality outing. But there's, there's these times where Darvish is, is starting off speed and starting and, and picking his spots, you know, pitching away instead of being more aggressive in the zone. And I understand he's got 250 pitches, but Darvish has got to settle in on a good five that he can get outs with. And once again, that outing I saw on Saturday looked like his time with the White Sox. It just, there's a, a certain inning or two that he just completely gets uh, broken down. Um, that botch rundown by the Cubs in the second, leading to the first run, also forced him to throw nine more pitches that Saturday. I, I thought Joe Madden was in Los Angeles. The Cubs have screwed up that rundown play at least two other, other times um, the last few years. I remember in 2018 against Milwaukee. What the hell is the issue here? You know, if Kane is, is the runner at second base, you've got to make sure that you get that lead runner. Don't let the runner from first base just go right back to first base and no one covering. Rizzo's at the plate as in covering home plate, and the pitcher is between second and third, and, and the second baseman is part of that rundown, shortstop part of the rundown, and nobody covering first base. Look, I mean, the fundamentals have to be there for the Cubs. I mean, this is one of my issues with this team the last couple of years. I've talked about their two-year slump, but also defensively, they just got to get better. That that's just that just won't do. That is just embarrassing to continue to mess up that rundown. This is at least the third time I've seen in the last few years with this Cubs team. Just just get the runner, the lead runner, and tag him out. It's just, and somebody on Twitter over the weekend was like, well, both teams looked like they didn't know what they were. No, the Brewers knew exactly what they were doing. Clearly, they knew what they were doing because they wanted to keep the run down alive so the runs could be safe. That's exactly what happened. It's just embarrassing. Under Madden, if you thought it was a little soft with his regime, it's like, and they didn't, you know, use that particular play as part of practice, okay, fine. But under Ross, that can't happen. Um, on Saturday, the offense stranding nine runners and going one for seven with runners in scoring position on Saturday, uh, or that you know the I think six runs came from the homer all the way through Saturday. Sunday, a different story, but a lot of it came through the long ball, and so it's good to see that the Cubs are flexing some power. You want ducks in the pond when you have that kind of power, but that's a that's a good thing. But I really liked that the Cubs started off two out of three against Milwaukee. It's a great start for the Cubs. Not a lot of people are looking at the Brewers as a contender uh, for this upcoming season. Uh, and the Cubs, with pitching and also with a lot of offense, helped the, uh, their chances to be able to win two out of three against Milwaukee. Oh, one other thing about the Cubs. On the Marquee Network, 
I finally found it, and I watched the, the two out of the three games. The other game was on Fox with Adam Amin. But the Friday and the Sunday games with uh, on the Marquee Network, I found it. I know also where I can find 20 hours of infomercials if I need them. Those, those 20 hours of infomercials that are around the Cubs games and the Cubs replays. I know where to find those on the Marquee Network. That's amazing. I read two columns today of writers whining about Lennon JD with suits on. And just like, what city am I living in? What has my hometown become? Two columns today whining about Casper and Deshaies wearing suits. Hey, Goober. This is a network, you know, just like the Yes Network with the Yankees and SNY with the Mets. You know, I, as much as I love the friendly, cozy Channel 9 sports product I grew up with, this ain't it. It's a network. If you don't like it, cover your eyes. These guys, yeah, it's 90 degrees and they're wearing suits. Well, it's a network. This is, this is not that 9 and then Family Classics afterwards on a Sunday. This is, this is a network program now that they're showing. The Marquee Network. That's why it says network next to Marquee. There's a reason for it. Uh, and got also keep our eyes on Chris Bryant for the first three games, getting off to a little bit of a slow start. Doesn't mean that's who he is, but just looking at the first few games, he's got to get back on track. All right, so we want to get your reaction to the Cubs and Sox over the weekend. What stood out most about the Cubs and Sox over the weekend? If you watch the games, I want to get your thoughts. 312-332-ESPN. Eric, let's open the phone lines for our baseball fans. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Um, a lot of some, some good and some questionable over the weekend. What's the first three games? About every one of these games are important if baseball is going to try to get to 60 games. If they're going to get to 60 games, then every game is going to be important. And speaking of that, uh, will baseball get to those 60 games? Will we see the playoffs? A lot of stories about baseball and COVID-19 we'll talk about and catch you up on that coming up next. But your phone calls next right here on the Baseball Show, presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Glad you're with us here for the Baseball Show right here on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Tonight's baseball show is brought to you by Riley's daughter on Pulaski. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox Golden Ales today. Riley's daughter on Pulaski is a proud official White Sox bar and is a phenomenal place to watch a White Sox game. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. An inside look at the Cubs, the White Sox, and all of Major League Baseball. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show, at ESPN MLB Show. If you're a baseball fan, Cubs, Sox, or whatever team you root for in Major League Baseball, that's the stop you go. And we have been uh, putting a lot of information about what's going on with baseball, especially with COVID-19, on that Twitter feed. Uh, the White Sox manager, uh, Rick Renneria, will be kept away from the team pending the results of medical tests taken Monday. Before the team began a three-game series against the Cleveland Indians, General Manager Rick Hahn issued a statement saying that Rick, Rick Renneria, he woke up with a slight cough and nasal congestion. Um, the opener, as we mentioned tonight, was postponed because of bad weather in Cleveland. The teams will play a doubleheader on Tuesday. Renteria, who has been with the White Sox since 2017, was taken to a Cleveland hospital for evaluation and tests. The team did not say if the 58-year-old Renteria was being tested for the coronavirus. Joe McEwing will manage the White Sox while Renteria is away. McEwing said on a Zoom conference call that Renteria says he feels great, he feels fine, he's just being very cautious. 
So that's the latest on Rick Renneria. Again, this comes across as something that is not COVID-19 related, but he does have a slight cough and nasal congestion. So he's just being um, careful, but here's what we do know. I mean, that's not COVID-19 related as far as we know, but what about the Miami Marlins? What a story here with the Miami Marlins, because it's what I've been talking about a lot when it comes to tempting fate. Baseball want to have their sport back. Of course, you and I were on the side of the road while the owners and the players were trying to figure out when to return throughout this uh, coronavirus outbreak. Like, what, what's going to happen here? When will baseball return, and what will it look like? Well, the NBA and the National Hockey League, as you well know, are in bubbles. The WNBA, in bubbles. And so Major League Baseball, still doing the traditional thing of going to ballparks and traveling. That's not the same travel because everything is within the divisions. But the story came early this morning. An outbreak of COVID-19 spread throughout the Miami Marlins clubhouse, bringing the total cases in recent days to at least 13, according to Jeff Passan and Jesse Rogers. As a result, the Marlins postponed their home opener schedule for tonight. The game between the Yankees and the Phillies in Philadelphia, where the Marlins played over the weekend, also postponed. So we talk about tempting fate, and as much as you and I love baseball, we know that this is a real thing. I know that for some, this is the theoretical coronavirus, and people aren't really dying, and people are not really sick, and uh, medical officials, people that are our doctors and nurses that are working around the clock to help people get healthy, that's not real either. Well, actually, it is. Actually, it is, because people are not working around the clock to cure the common cold. What's happening here is that COVID-19 is a real thing, and when I say tempting fate, baseball wants to be able to put the thread through the needle and be able to continue on. And again, I was very happy to see baseball on my television since last Thursday. A big baseball fan, love it. But we also know what reality is. And reality is, is that even though you want to turn a blind eye to it, this is something that's really going on for real. And that is COVID-19. So let us hear from those that have been covering the story very closely with Jeff Passan. Jeff Passan from ESPN was on with Golik and Wingo and laid out the Marlins' latest outbreak. This is the worst case scenario coming to life in the first weekend of the season. Let's remember just a couple days ago, there were all the good feelings of opening day and what a baseball season could mean. And now Rob Manfred, the commissioner, has the question, do we even continue with this? And if so, how do we prevent something like this from happening again? Because it started with one player testing positive about 72 hours ago. Then yesterday, three more players tested positive. And when the tests were done last night on the rest of the club, eight of them came back positive among the players. That is 40% of their roster. They are stuck in Philadelphia right now, not going to be at their home opener down in Miami. And the question really is, how long are they going to be there? And how do they continue the season, not just the Miami Marlins, but all of Major League Baseball? And it's going to be interesting to see how Rob Manfred, the commissioner, handles this today. What does this mean? Because in their 113-page operations manual that has all kinds of protocols in place, There is nothing in there that talks about how to handle a situation like this where you have an outbreak of 12 players and two coaches, one of this size. What there is is something that says the commissioner has the discretion to pause or shut down the season. Jeff Passan also talks about the Marlins uh, players playing after positive tests. I think that the players wanted to play, and I think that 
Major League Baseball didn't want to set off any alarms with just four players, but uh, the the entire Philadelphia Phillies roster was exposed. Uh, you know, the Atlanta Braves, who they played in exhibition games earlier this week, could have theoretically contracted it. And, you know, we've seen two players there, uh, Travis Darno and Tyler Flowers, their two catchers, uh, had to, uh, I'm not sure if they're actually on the injured list or not playing games, but uh, no reason has been given, which tends to mean, in this case, COVID. Also, some thoughts about the biggest concern with positive tests by the Marlins. I'd love to say that it was not to be expected, but when you are traveling in the middle of a pandemic, when you are going from city to city, I'm not going to say that this is an inevitability, but something like this was bound to happen. And you had hoped that with the testing and that with social distancing and that with mask wearing, you could contain something like this. But yesterday when it was reported that four Marlins players had tested positive within the previous 48 hours for coronavirus, there was a distinct concern that that number was going to mushroom. And it has today 12 players positive, two coaches. That is 14 total. Their game uh, home opener tonight against the Baltimore Orioles has been canceled. And honestly, the, the season, their season, Major League Baseball at this point, uh, there are big questions that did not exist 24 hours ago. So Jeff Passan on Golik and Wingo talking about the Miami Marlins as you're listening to the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. I want to get your thoughts on the Cubs and Sox and what stood out over the weekend for your favorite team. If you watch the Cubs or Sox, I'd love to get your thoughts on what you saw. So 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Along with that, Eric, let's also open the phone lines and ask the question about this story with the Miami Marlins. Because as you hear the reporting from Jeff Pass and you heard from Jesse Rogers earlier today on ESPN 1000, you know, the outbreak of positive cases for the Miami Marlins is something that is, is, was inevitable because of this COVID-19. It's not the same as the NBA or the national hockey league. Now, even though they've had minuscule, almost no positive test while they've been in the bubble, doesn't mean that it, it will never happen. But the thing is, is that with baseball, as you well know, Players come from wherever they live, whatever loft, whatever flat, whatever house that they come from. They come to the ballpark and they play and you think they're going right back home. Probably they don't go back home. Maybe they go someplace and then they go back home and then they come back to the ballpark. Uh, If you're on the road, you know that you are sequestered in a hotel uh, and that you're going to be tested a lot and you are on the field and you're playing and you might have a mask and you're making sure that you're social distant, everything, that's, that's all great. But there's a distinct difference between Major League Baseball and these other sports is that when these players are done playing, you think they're going back to the crib, but you never know. You don't know where these players are going. And, and so that's the whole thing with COVID-19 tests. When you are a player, clearly you do not want to be testing. You don't want to test positive because you want to be on the field. You want to be in a position where you can help. There was you know, some positive some some negative tests that we had leading into the season uh, that made me feel good as a baseball fan. But you just know that that's not reality. Like everyone can't go through baseball and, and have negative tests all throughout the year because some players, less like people, will do whatever they want to do that makes them comfortable because they want to live their life like it's 2019 when actually we're living in 2020. And that's just that's just real. If 
here's something else. We're going to hear from Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, coming up in our next segment here on the baseball show. But the thing that I'm thinking about is if there is an outbreak for the Florida Marlins to the point where they can't continue, sure, they've got taxi squad players that they can always uh, bring on to the team. Marlins aren't going anywhere anyway, so it doesn't really matter. They probably are going to be as bad as we think they're going to be. But the point is that if there's an outbreak, what does that mean for baseball overall? If if a team cannot field uh, a, a number of players to put a team together, even with a taxi squad, then what does that say for the rest of the league? Do you just shut down that team? Or are you going to shut down the league? And this is a big picture question for Rob Manfred. We're going to hear from Rob Manfred, who sat down with Tom Verducci. We'll hear part of that conversation coming up next on the Baseball Show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Eric, I have a question. I may have an answer. Have you ever been to Riley's Daughter? I haven't. Sounds like a nice joint. It is. It is. Um, early in my career, my first time, I went to Riley's Daughter as a producer for a show and then did appearances there. It's a great place. And that's, uh, our, our show is brought to you by Riley's Daughter on Pulaski. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox Golden Nails today. Riley's Daughter is on Pulaski. It's a proud official White Sox bar and is a phenomenal place to watch the Sox game. Cubs, Sox, and so much more. This is the Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. He's going to be among the best in baseball. Especially when he starts to figure it out. First pitch here from Barrios is a breaking ball slash to left field. So, Robert hits a mistake on a curve. Barrios... Tried to sneak over a breaking ball first pitch strike, and he didn't sneak anything. As we will watch the chain of custody. We missed it so much. Moncada says this is yours. He drills this ball in the left field. Robert pumps it into right center field, flying toward the alleyway and off the base of the wall. Luis Robert has a two-hit debut. This is a fastball outside, and it just explodes off his bat. Luis Robert to center field, way back there. It carries and gets out of here. Find that baseball and hand it to number 88. Bring him home for the first time as a White Sox player. We told you all he had to do is get it up in the air and it's gone. He didn't hit that ball all that well. He got it up in the air and it kept on drifting and the park couldn't hold it just to the left of center field. Well, he's going to be really exciting to watch. Already is. Yeah, I mean, there's not much he can't do. Luis Roberts is just scratching the surface of what he can do with this White Sox team. Glad that you're with us here on the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app that... Uh, courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago. Yeah, some of the highlights for the White Sox is Luis Robert, even though the Sox lost two out of three. Their game, by the way, is postponed, uh, and there will be a doubleheader tomorrow because of rain in the area in Cleveland. So no game for the White Sox tonight, and we're still waiting on the Cubs and the Reds. We knew there was going to be rain in Cincinnati as well. So uh, that game is uh, 
in a rain delay right now. A couple of games in progress for you. Toronto leading Washington by a score of 4-1. to That game is in the bottom of the fifth. Tied at one between Atlanta and Tampa, top of the fourth. Bottom two, Milwaukee and Pittsburgh, no score uh, in Pittsburgh. one nothing Kansas City over Detroit. That game's in the bottom of the second. No score between Seattle and Houston in the state of Texas in the top of the second. And Boston and the Mets are just getting underway uh, in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. There's a couple of games uh, that took place earlier today. I was watching the Angels and the uh, Oakland A's, and the A's win 3 nothing. So here's a scenario, Eric. Uh, runners, well, it was runners at first and second. Mike Trout is up, right? This is like LeBron at the free throw line to see if whether or not he can be able to score and, and put the his team ahead. Mike Trout's at the plate. He takes a, a pitch. God, it was above his waist in <laughs> his strike three. He, he, he strikes out looking to end the game. Uh, that's not what you want from the face of the game, and he was actually he was pissed off. He was not happy that he got called out on strikes, and Oakland wins that game 3 nothing. I uh, saw that highlight on Twitter, and it absolutely is just it was a high-breaking ball that was spinning that he just mm-hmm. didn't want to go after because it wasn't a strike, and he instantly turned around and looked at that um. So taking the bat out of the best player in the hand, in the most important time of the game. Not good. Depending on what you, what, uh, you are, are into, you would have loved the colors of the Angels and the Athletics on the field at the same time. A lot of reds, a lot of green, a lot of yellow. <laughs> I think it would have been very attractive to the eye to someone that was watching that game. A lot of colors on the field for that. Um, San Diego over Arizona by a score of 6-2. to two. As we mentioned before, Miami and Baltimore is postponed due to COVID-19. Also, the Yankees and the Philadelphia Phillies also postponed. As you're listening to the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company, right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app, we have our poll questions that are up at ESPN MLB Show. We asked you earlier, how many games have you watched since Thursday? Of course, the opener took place on uh, Thursday. Here we are on Monday night. And so we've got 34% of you saying three, that you've seen at least three games since Thursday. Uh, Five or more, 33%. So I clicked that because I have watched five or more games, parts of five or more games, because if I'm watching all the Cubs games and all the Sox games, that's six plus Watching San Diego, watch the Dodgers. Yeah, that's, it's almost 10. <laughs> so I watched bits and pieces of a lot of the other games outside of the Cubs and Sox. So I clicked five or more. 26% of you say two or fewer, and 7% say four. And we want to get your takeaway also of the Cubs and Sox this weekend. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. As I mentioned, uh, we are going to hear from Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Uh, I watched the entire interview up to my crosstalk with Wallen Sylvie and Mark Gian Greco, uh, and I'll just give you uh, some of the tidbits of what was said. But first, let us hear uh, from Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, had a number of things to say, including um, talking about the game postponements and if test results are acceptable, teams will return to play. Commissioner Rob Manfred, thank you for being here. There has been a COVID-19 outbreak among the Miami Marlins. It is a crisis, obviously unwelcome, not totally unanticipated in today's world. Now, we know that two baseball games have been postponed this evening in Philadelphia, in Miami. What can you tell us about the Major League Baseball schedule going forward beyond tonight? Well, our first concern, obviously, is the health of the players and their families and making sure that we do everything possible 
um, to minimize the spread of the virus uh, among our employees. Um, we've been fortunate so far. We've done tens of thousands of tests. Our positive rate has been 0.4%. So we feel like the protocols have worked pretty well. Um, notwithstanding that fact, we have made some decisions. Um, the Miami Marlins will not play their two games in Miami tonight and tomorrow. Uh, we're doing some additional testing. If the testing results are acceptable, um, the Marlins will resume play in Baltimore on Wednesday against the Orioles. So that is the official word. There's more uh, from Rob Manfred. And among the things he was talking about was talking about how when asked from Tom Verducci, would you consider the bubble? Was that ever on the table? Would you ever consider a bubble for Major League Baseball? He said, well, there's just too many players, too much personnel to be able to have a bubble. It seems to be working just fine in the National Hockey League and the NBA, though. Now, I know that there's a lot more players in Major League Baseball, but the point is, is that it's about safety. Do whatever you can to have safety. This is not about the traditional way that you look at baseball. Well, you know, the baseball guy that is at home, he's just supposed to go home and and do what he does when he goes home and then come back to the ballpark and everything's fine. Well, again, everybody is not concerned about safety. We know that in our own lives. We know that. There's a lot of selfish people in our world that are going to do what they want to do, believing that it's 2019 and not 2020. And so the idea that, that players are going to be safe in abundance so, uh, many will, and some will not. And the thing is, is that if you're Major League Baseball, and I like a lot of this is all at the last minute. I'm been, I've been very happy with them coming up with expanding the playoffs uh, at the last minute. They had a chance to negotiate since March on what they want to do, knowing that they were not going to be on time because of COVID-19. But you had to have some some things in place and protocols in place for everything. If you're going to extend the playoffs, if you're going to have how you're you going to take care of player safety, the tests, everything else. And so for Major League Baseball now, they have an outbreak. This is the first weekend of the season. And the Miami Marlins are going through this. What other team is going to go through this? Where there's one person or a couple of people that feel like this mass thing is messing up my freedoms and messing up my opportunity to breathe and all, or the mass makes me sick, all this other stuff, right? Well, someone's going to feel like I, I don't need this and I can just go through life like it's all good. And then you have multiple people that have coronavirus and clearly if you have coronavirus, you can't play. The thing is, is that for the NBA so far, the WNBA for the National Hockey League, what is going on here is they're making sure that they are under a bubble, that they're tested every day and trying to keep everybody safe. There's always some clowns, though, that are trying to get outside the bubble and do what they want to do. This is kind of what life is. And for those that have been asking for baseball and asking for sports to come back in, I don't feel right because there's no sports. Well, you should be against these players that feel like they could just do whatever they want and get themselves in a position to have COVID-19. I mean, like, like somebody in there did not go through the protocol. Someone did not wash their hands. Someone did not wear a mask. Someone was exposed to someone. And again, if you have a bubble idea, then you have, you have the players sequestered in one spot and you do this for 60 games plus and then go from there. The Black idea from Twitter earlier today, from Chris Black, made sense to me. 
when he's talking about trying to come up with an idea that's better than having the traditional way of doing baseball. Go home and then come back. And then hopefully you will be, you won't have COVID-19. Well, at least in the bubble idea, it, it lessens the chances for someone to get exposed to the coronavirus. That's the whole point of it. So I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm disappointed because I was so happy. It's like an NFL Sunday or a college football Saturday to have multiple games on my screens, watching so many games or, listen, or when I'm driving around listening to uh, baseball on the radio or on the uh, MLB app and enjoying baseball again. And now we get this story in the first weekend. I can't say that I'm surprised, but what is Major League Baseball going to be doing about it? That's the big question. It's a baseball show brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. You know, Chris Bleck on Twitter, who was on Cap and Company, where people were wagging their finger at him for actually having an idea. How about that? His Major League Baseball idea, he says, three bubbles in three cities, American League and National League East in New York, the American League and National League Central in Chicago, and ALNL West in Los Angeles. Ten teams per bubble. Each city has hotel space ready and waiting. Play five games a day, two two ballparks per city. Start at 9 a.m., have games at 9 a.m., 1.30, and 7 o'clock starts. <laughs> why, why is that not a good idea? While so many of us are not working, why, who wouldn't want to wake up and watch baseball if you just needed to have live sports? And even if you are working, at least it's available for you on the app or on ESPN or whatever. But at least it would be live sports and players would be safe. But no. Got to do it the old way. Punch the clock and come on in and play baseball and punch out. While meanwhile, a team is, has 13 cases of coronavirus. It's amazing. And baseball, same baseball that is, is giving you, um, you know, the playoffs, the extended playoffs at the last minute. I don't know if we're going to get 60 games, but I just know one thing, even with the Red Sox and Mets game that's on right now, I'm glad that it's on. And hopefully it will last. Hopefully this is the only outbreak, but I can't say that it's going to be just based on the numbers and based on how people are selfish. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Tell me that I'm wrong. Call me and tell me that I'm wrong about this. Have you enjoyed baseball? Now, again, there are some that have not watched any because they think that they're going to be disappointed or they're not interested in baseball. All I know is that it's live sports on my TV and a sport that I love. And you got a, a Marlins team that has got an outbreak. It's not great for the sport. Everything's been a black eye through, not as, through this COVID-19. While the other sports are trying to flourish and come up with a plan. What's baseball's plan? Ah, do it like we've always done it. 545 is next on the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Today's baseball show is brought to you by Riley's Daughter on Pulaski. Stop in and grab a couple of Goose Island White Sox Golden Ales today. Riley's Daughter on Pulaski is a proud official White Sox bar and is a phenomenal place to watch a White Sox game. This is the show about the show. You've been in the show, man? The baseball show with Jonathan Hood. Yeah, I was in the show. On Chicago's home for sports. Greatest days of my life. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. After Waddle and Sylvie, every night we give you the baseball show, the best in baseball conversation weeknights. 
again, we are not a flagship of either the Cubs and Sox, and that's why this show works, because you and I can be able to talk about your favorite team without one of our producers saying, oh, maybe you shouldn't say it that way. Oh, maybe you should say it a different way. You say whatever's on your mind regarding baseball. That's why we're here for the baseball show weeknights at 6 right here on ESPN 1000, brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company. We've got five minutes left in the show, so that means we've got 545. Time for 545 right here on ESPN 1000. Five topics, five minutes. Eric Ostrowski producing our show tonight. Hello, Eric. Jonathan, how are you? I am good. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm. You know, I told you earlier. I'm pretty happy because we're able to see live sports and be able to see baseball. You know, I'm very happy to see that. But then I'm not happy with this Marlin story because that might be a microcosm of the future. It, it's right now. It, everything's unsure. We'll leave it at that. So, like having that weekend of watching and enjoying sports and having multiple screens going on at once is what we're going to base our five for five around, and is going to be. Reactions and takeaways to new rules and, and new viewing experiences that we've gotten into. All right. So my very first one is, have you noticed any difference in what's your opinion on the three batter minimum for bullpens? I think it's a, it's a good idea, actually, because uh, for managers, and I've noticed this in a couple of games I watch away from the Cubs and Sox, just the idea, Eric, that whatever pitcher that you believe in, you're going to believe in him for at least three at-bats, three batters. You know, the, the the switching lefty-righty-lefty thing, I think it's good. It keeps continuity in the game to have the one pitcher out there for at least three batters. So I was happy to see that in a number of out-of-town games I watched. So I, I appreciate the wrinkle because we're not having to sit there and watch, oh, lefty-lefty matchup. Here we go. Oh, now it's a righty-up. So now we got to wait three minutes, righty-righty matchup. Mm-hmm. That was just, it kept a flow to the game. And it also makes it a lot more difficult on the manager when, say, out in Oakland, Shohei Otani can't even get a single out. Oh, now all of a sudden you've got to manage nine innings when you only have like so many guys you can use because you're limited to each single guy. Yeah, it was good to see that in the limits of commercial breaks. All right, yeah, it's I have a second that. So my next one is something that we've seen uh, affected on, on Wrigley with uh, the DH. So DH on both sides of, of the NL and, and, and AL. What are your thoughts? I just thought I was watching a bunch of American League games all <laughs> the last four days. No, seriously, like, because <laughs> like, I I didn't miss a a pitcher just flailing at pitches, and it, it's really a waste of time. You think that maybe some of the t- time between action is a waste of time? Actually, the pitcher batting is a waste of time. I didn't worry about strategy. I just worried about watching nine guys that can have the opportunity to hit, so I was very happy to see that. I think that's the right uh, takeaway from it. It's, it's not, oh, they're changing the game I, I love. It's what are, you, what are you missing since the DH is there? We're missing bat, like a batter who like, last year batted 081 or something like that, all pitchers hit. So we're missing something that is the worst part of the game. It's like changing the extra point in, in football when it was a gimme. So uh, right now, to me, it makes a lot of sense. Um, we saw this. I know I, I watched it late Friday night with uh, Joe Madden and the Angels. Mm-hmm. We had an extra inning game, and they actually won two extra innings, run around second base to start the inning. It was great. It was great. And nothing against those epic 18-19 inning battles, but it's good to start that. You know why? Because, again, it makes the game faster. I swear to you, I partied with Nick Friedel. We were out um, uh, someplace – on the downtown, right? I dropped him at his place at 3 a.m. I was driving back and heard the Orioles game. 
at, at three thirty in the morning. It was still <laughs> going on at extra innings. Game, yes, right? I know it's right. Right, I remember that game. Clearly <laughs> so, remember that game. So, so I had a hard time with that. Yeah, it's instant tension and drama. Like instantly, there's already a duck on the pond. And again, that reliever on the mound has to see three batters. So you can't have if they've got two lefties coming up. You're going to have your lefty specialist come in because you've already got a runner in scoring position. Um, so they have supposedly given a ban on spitting and then also pitchers like addressing their fingers and then touching the ball. What have you seen or what have reactions to players not spitting, quote unquote, or not licking the ball? Okay, so I have not seen licking the ball, but uh, if you pardon the expression, but I yes. have seen, I have seen players in the infield spit. Did you see Tim Anderson do that? I did. I mean, and Jose Abreu still had his massive wad in his cheek. Yeah, again, pardon the expression. Yes, yes, uh, yes. He did have all that. Yeah, so I, it's still happening, but it's not around people. So, so yeah, I have seen that, but I have not seen like the pitcher going to his mouth to be able to get moisture on the, on the baseball. I haven't seen that a lot because it's it's not allowed. So I haven't missed that, but I've noticed that they have not done it. I've I've noticed only, like you said, I've, I haven't noticed batters in the batter's box spitting. I've seen it in the on-deck circle and then in the infield. So when they're not near each other, they're kind of, I, I guess, allowing it. Last one is a lot of differences in the viewing. We saw games with completely empty stadiums. We saw games with cardboard cutouts of fans. We saw on Fox the virtual fans. Yes. We heard dead silence and we heard like just ambient sound. What is your overall reaction to all the different viewing experiences right now? The Fox fans did not bother me because it wasn't like they were behind home plate and up and down the first baseline. Only when they took that camera shot where you saw those fans, it didn't bother me. Well, what, I, what I noticed is just like a lot of color in those stands, right? Yes, uh-huh. so, so it's fine. It's like a video game. I, I None of that. The ambient sound did not bother me either. But you know why? It's a television product, Eric. You want to get as close to the yep. baseball experience as possible. So as long as it's not intrusive and you know way too loud, it's fine for me. It just sounded like the sounds of baseball. I, I enjoyed the ambient sound. I enjoyed that you can hear the dugouts jarring at each other yeah. or having fun with their batter at plate. Um, when it comes to the fans, I, the one thing, I don't mind any of the fake stuff. I really kind of had, it, it lowed me down when I just saw the dead stadium. When I saw no cardboard cutouts or no fake fans behind the, the pitcher, like you always just in between pitches, you kind of scan the audience. And without anything back there, I felt a big difference. So I do personally really like something to draw my attention in between pitches. And that is my friend 5 for 5 right here on ESPN 1000. Like the Red Sox game, there's no fans. I believe Wrigley did not have fans behind. If I remember. Yeah, I know Friday at least there was nothing but blank stands. Yeah, so that it, I just like it because it's it's there's color, there's it looks like people, but we know it's not. It just gives you something that kind of feels like baseball just a little bit. Um, so again, don't forget we're here every night after Wallen and Sylvia six o'clock for the baseball show brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company right here on ESPN One Thousand. Continue to follow us, please, on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. We'll continue to give you the information that you need regarding baseball, COVID nineteen, Cubs, Sox, and everything else as far as storylines around Major League Baseball. Our producer is Eric Ostrowski, and we're back tomorrow at six o'clock with the baseball show under the hood in two minutes right here on ESPN One Thousand. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Week 9 to 6 on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.